The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above Rise all. up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked chime? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his I hate the work of those who fall away. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, Mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmony sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will you, triumph Lord, in the works of you. are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and there you'll see two videos at the top of the screen. The one on the left is Bradley's show from yesterday, so if you missed that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today, at which time he'll be live in that area, and uh, yeah, you can catch him then. And then on the right side of the page is where we are. Click on the play button, blow it up on whatever device you have and uh, if you'll look in the bottom right hand corner there'll be a, ru- a rumble icon click on that join us in the chat on rumble we are streaming live to rumble at sons of liberty radio live that's the channel that we have sons of liberty radio live on rumble 
Uh, please subscribe there and join us in the chat. Also, beforeitsnews.com, top of the page there. DLive.tv at The Sons of Liberty. A number of Facebook pages that bear my name. Twitter, for whatever that's worth. The Real Tim Brow 2. Leave off the end off the end of my name. Add a 2 there. The Real Tim Brow 2. You're good to go. And then Twitch at Real Tim Brown. And uh, those are available. All the streaming places that we have. And then if uh, you ever find one of your favorite outlets that you're on is down, go to SonsLibertyMedia.com. There you'll find it. Okay? All right, right up under that is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. You get one of those once a night uh, between 7 and 8 Eastern. It usually arrives in your inbox, uh, so be sure to sign up for that. And if you want our ministry email, go to sonsoflibertyradio.com. You can sign up for that right on the front page. You get one of those a week. It goes out on Saturday. And then finally, uh, for those of you who would agree with our message, you want to help us stay out there doing what we're doing, there's a donate button at the top of the page, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Click on that, make a one-time donation. Or partner with us monthly as a son or daughter of liberty. And again, as always, we really appreciate you guys uh, and your support of us. And yes, um, for those of you on the video platforms, I have misplaced my hat. So I don't know where it is. So I've got the uh, I've got the much more comfortable, in my opinion, the much more comfortable headgear here. And uh, it keeps my head just the right temperature unless it's the midsummer. Okay. Uh, and I guess as you, as you get older, you get colder quicker. Is that, is that right? Yeah. You start, you start getting cold. I, I get cold in my toes. It makes everything cold. Um, <laughs> so I try to keep as much heat in as I can. Uh, in any case, <clears throat> I did want to make mention of something right quick. Uh, and that was for the, for the morning show people, if you didn't get to see Bradley show yesterday, and I would highly encourage it. Uh, but if you didn't get to see it, or maybe you can combine the two, whatever you want to do. Top story at sonsoflibertymedia.com this morning, right now. This is, um, this is Bradley's. This is to help you understand what we're, you know, we're trying to uphold the law here. We're trying to uphold it by the Bible, number one, because, you know, man's law, where it doesn't coincide with God's law, is tyranny. That's what it is. And where it coincides with God's law, then there's righteousness and there's justice. And those things do secure liberty because if you let lawless men go, lawless men become emboldened, and then you find them in places and positions of authority. Does that make sense? So, Bradley, this is why we harp on Republicans Probably harder than we do Democrats. I, I understand they're trying to divide themselves, but their agenda is the same. It really is, in large measure. When you look at the big picture, yeah, there's some there's some guys on both sides who take different issues um, that they'll go with. I get it. But this is why we highlight. Bradley's show yesterday and also his um, his article for the day, Two Wings of the Same Bird, after Biden signs Illegal Marriage Act, and it was illegal, we give no authority in our Constitution for Congress to define marriage. Marriage is defined by the Creator. It is not a sacrament of the church because it occurs outside the church too. That's why it's not a sacrament. So when Rome wants to make it a sacrament, they're, again, they're an apostate, it is an apostate church led by an antichrist. His name, his title literally is Antichrist, in the place of Christ and opposed to him and his gospel. Okay? But they call it a sacrament. After Biden signs Illegal Marriage Act, Donald Trump hosts gala for homosexual Republicans at Marla. You know, this isn't anything new, guys. 
It isn't. This was going on during his uh, presidency. Remember that guy, uh, Rebel, what was his name? Ricky Rebel, I think is his name. He's sort of a one of those gender-confused guys. And all his buddies, Trump hosted them down there at Mar-a-Lago. Several years in a row. Log cabin Republicans. That is a sodomite caucus. I, I mean... We're, I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not a prophet or son of a prophet. You can see where this thing goes. Republicans, if God doesn't bring some serious judgment soon, Republicans will also be offering you up pedophilia, and they'll be offering up to you bestiality. I mean, the Democrats have already went that way, right? We saw that with Obama, with his thing over the military. He eliminated Issues of adultery, bestiality, uh, sodomy, gone. You, you watch and see. And I'm I'm not saying that to be, uh, you know, I'm not a shock jock. That's not my that's not my thing. But you watch and see. You watch them and see it, and you'll watch. Here's here's what gets me, and it shouldn't get me. I should know better, and I think I do. But I'm still always surprised to see it. You'll get men who are Christian men. They claim to be Christian, and they'll get behind these guys no matter if they're promoting the very thing that God destroyed two cities for with fire and brimstone. Yep, lots of them out there who continue to do that. Oh, it drives me crazy. Anyway, <laughs> this is uh, Rotten of the Core Wednesday, and as always, we have with us... The Common Core Diva, Lynn Taylor. Good morning, Lynn. Well, good morning. I tell you what, we have absolutely exposed the corruption between the Republicans and the Democrats when it comes to education. So I am so not surprised. We have gone over the uh, collusion of Congress when it comes to the alternative uh, lifestyles, if you will, and their caucuses that they have that are promoting everything. So I am not surprised. And one of the reasons why we wanted to do this special two-part episode um, for lessons from the carols and things like that was because part of that social agenda has been wrapped up as a nice little Christmas present for everyone. And that will that particular article came out last year. And it doesn't have to do with just the alternative sexuality. It has to do with the green agenda. It has to do with uh, restorative justice. It has to do with all those bully pulpit things that we so talk about. And it wraps it up as, oh, yes, this is how you can insert social justice into Christmas. And one of the things about it, Tim, that I've brought up last week during last week's show and wanted to bring up this week and it'll be in the archives for everyone is that the difference between what is scriptural and what this social agenda has presented itself as are so closely related that the veil between the two is so thin that if you don't know the difference you're going to run right into one to avoid the other yeah, I no, I I get I get exactly what you're saying there, Lynn. And yeah. uh, one of the things that we've we've got going on is is you're going to tell us a little bit about uh, some of the history behind a couple of carols. And yeah. <clears throat> I always love to hear that because even the hymns 
Um, I, I told people, I said, um, mm-hmm. you know, at our where we attend church, uh, we sing the Psalms. There's a little it's called the Bible songs book. And yeah. it's all of the songs put to put to music. And this is what the Covenanters used to do. They they wouldn't sing anything but the Psalms because they believed this was, you know, perfect. And I get some of their thinking. At the same time, I get mm-hmm. that out of the heart of men, a godly men, there can come great praise for God, even in the modern time. There can there can be that. Right. And but I always find it interesting the stories behind stuff like, I don't know, it is well with my soul. And how the guy lost, you know, his his family basically. Oh, and yeah. heartbroken, yeah. and he pins Re- these words that mm-hmm. that are echoing what Job says: "The Lord is given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." I hope that should those kind of things happen to me, that I can have such a spirit that will glorify God in such a time. But you're going to tell us some a little bit about some of these these hymns this morning. Or these yeah, I, yeah, and I thought that would be a nice thing for us to shift our focus to because we cover so much of the educratic BS all through the year that you know this would be, you know, appropriate to to go and say, wait a minute, because we're being hit from all sides with all this other garbage. Let's just focus in on what is good, right, and and lovely. And you're right. Some of these hymns that we sing, some of the carols that we know. We don't really know why we sing them. And for me, that would be important to pass on. So that's part of the the gift that I wanted to give everyone. But the reason why you heard God Rest You Merry Gentlemen was because this is one of those songs, Tim, that shows when people get together and they've had enough of the BS in horse hockey, I'll just get that out of the way, (laughs) that they could come up with something that's wonderful. And that is why we have God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. And all these links to the history will be in the archives today. But let me just read this. This is from pianistmusings.com. And this is what it says. It's one of the oldest existing Christmas carols that we have. It dates back to the 1500s or even earlier. It's gone through a lot of change and misinterpretation over the years. All right. It goes on to tell you to typically dark, somber, and in Latin, most church goers dislike their religious songs because the people could not change the way that they worshiped in this time they came up with their own music outside of the church and that's how we got god rest ye merry gentlemen i mm. thought that was absolutely cool because they could they didn't have the power inside the church but they got together outside and came up with that and i thought what a testimony to the what we could do um, maybe it won't be as iconic as God rest you, Mary, gentlemen, but it doesn't matter because anything that we do when it's got the right heart to it can be a blessing to someone else. It absolutely can. So I just wanted to start us off with that. Of course, the article that I mentioned about how thin the veil between scriptural Christian giving and then what's been turned into the social justice movement for Christmas. Uh, I'll have that in there as well. And one of the other things that I wanted people to see about the misinterpretation of the season is uh, an image that I included for you. This came off of social media and it was touting again the misinformation about the three abramatic 
religions coming together during this time so of called year so yes. called yeah absolutely yeah absolutely so we have that image and if you can't see it as you're listening to the show uh it'll be in the archives for you as well but yeah i want and i wanted to to see why i put this out there because this came from a person who was in local leadership and what it says is that every year hashtag h-a-i-f-a hosts the festival of lights which reflects the religious and cultural richness of the city honoring all three abramatic religions yeah can we can we clarify something here this is something this is a pet peeve of mine when people say these are three abrahamic religions listen people listen very carefully yes the apostle paul doesn't say this he doesn't say anything like this read the book of galatians he said if you have the faith of abraham which is and his argument is is that god promised a savior which is christ the lord if if you don't have that faith you don't have an abrahamic religion you have a satanic religion and it's a it's a pet peeve of mine that people want to lump that in i get mm-hmm. judaism has some roots in that islam doesn't it didn't come along for thousands of years after but right we got to make a distinction about that because that's becoming a commonplace thing lynn that people are are promoting these are abrahamic religions and they're not but again that goes back to that social justice issue that the united nations has gotten behind and supported and we've done tons of shows on the the coming together to make the one world religion we've we've absolutely talked about that and how it marries up to the sustainable development goals so yes all that will will be in for us as well as far as our archives and whatnot okay so we're going to start off and total 180 to all of that and go with away in a major This one is especially appropriate for children. This was a song that a lot of people said came about because this was a cradle song that Martin Luther sang to his children. Well, absolutely, he did not. First of all, this kind of language for the uh, particular uh, hymn, Away in a Manger, wasn't around at Martin Luther's time. So it's interesting when you go back and find out that, yes, he's been connected with that. Let's let Martin Luther have his moment when he, you know, nailed those 95 points to the wall, or excuse me, to the door, uh, but keep it out of away in the manger. So I just thought that was kind of fun that um, he does have his place in in, uh, wonderful history, but not with away in a manger. I do have for each of these hymns and carols, though, uh, Tim, I do have suggested family activities uh, for everyone. That's part of my gift as well. Uh, for everyone. So for this one, I said, play, name that tune with some of your favorite Christmas carols. And how many measures can you hum or sing or play before someone can guess it? All right. Joy to the world. Now, this one was not necessarily written for Christmas, yet is one of the most beloved Christmas songs. This one will be tied mostly to Psalm 98, according to the hymnal that I have here at home. Now, as far as the person who pinned this, Isaac Watts, I love this guy's story. He was a nonconform, he was a son of a nonconformist, and his mother would take um, him. And we like nonconformists, don't we? Yes, we do. Well, I am one. (laughs) Okay, he um, he would go with his mom to visit dad in prison. 
Now, why was dad in prison? Because he refused to join the Church of England. Amen. Amen. And what happened was that dad, as a result of being in prison, Isaac couldn't go to school, but he would go with mom to prison. And one of the things that Isaac and his dad would do were to sing songs together from the Bible. And so uh, are some of the, the accepted songs outside of church. And so Isaac got bored. And during one of those prison visits, his dad said, well, dude, if you don't like what we're singing, come up with something else. Amen. Yeah. What did Isaac do? He wrote Joy to the World. Yeah, more than 700 hymns. And we're not talking about... Jeremiah was a bullfrog. We're not talking about that joy to the world. Nope. Nope. <laughs> We're talking about the one you sing during yep. usually this season, but you can sing it anytime. I think that's great that that this young guy mm -hmm. took what was maybe a tragedy in his family yeah. and he turned it into, you know, God used it for something good that we even benefit from today in singing those songs uh, for the glory of God. Well, absolutely. And how how wonderful was the testimony of his mom? saying, okay, dad, we, we can't help dad anyway, but we're going to go down to the prison and we're going to hang out with dad. And that was to me, just a wonderful expression of her love for not only God, but keeping her family together. So anyway, uh, as far as the suggested family activity for this one, <laughs> you would take a song like joy to the world and you would sing it backwards. So, for example, when we sing the chorus and heaven and nature sing, you would start it with sing nature and heaven and and then keep going. That would be a real tongue twister. And it would probably be good to have the words in front of you for something like that. I couldn't do it. I know. I, couldn't I, I can see a cop. I can see a cop <laughs> using that for some kind of sobriety test. or something. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now, the, the next one. I did not realize that this was a Christmas tune, never really had heard of it. And as far as trying to find some history on it, it was almost impossible. This one's called In a Cave, but it's absolutely beautiful. Now, this was popular back in the 1960s. It's fallen out of popularity since then, and not all hymnals have this one. But I give you two links. One is so you can read the words and how beautiful they are. And then the other is listening to it in another language besides English, because that was the first version I heard. I could not understand a word that people were saying except the chorus, which was Noel repeated over and over and over. And it was just absolutely mind-boggling that even in a foreign language i didn't know that you could still find a way to to worship and enjoy something that is beyond what you're used to yeah my um, son my son has had some of that with uh, going to church with his girlfriend at times they'll go back yeah. and forth and uh there's there have a spanish congregation he says dad i can't tell what they're saying when they're talking but i can pick yeah. up the tunes of what they're singing uh in, in when he goes there well, here's the chorus. Noel, Noel, Noel rang throughout the sky. Noel, 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 praise to God on high. And here's the first verse. In a cave, a lowly stable, Christ our Lord was born. From the heavens, white-robed angels sang that holy morn. Verse 2. Shepherds heard the heavenly chorus and were sore afraid. But an angel spoke the tidings that all fears were allayed. 
Number three, born to you in David's city is your Lord and King. So an angel to the shepherds, hope and joy did bring. Verse four, leaving resting flocks behind them, sought they for the stall. When there lay in swaddling garments, Christ, the hope of all. And then finally, verse five, let us like the lowly shepherds seek the Lord this night that we may by lives of service bring to all true light. Amen. Okay. So for that suggested activity, listen to a Christmas song you like in another language. See how well you do with it. <laughs> now, is this, the, is this the second video we've got here from that? Because you got the first one. This is uh, Tanghole Christmas Song in a Cave. Yeah, uh, that's it. How long can how long can we play that just sure. for people? Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. It's not very long at all. Okay. I, I just want them to hear the lyrics because the tune is really pretty as well. So yeah, that is uh, this under the suggested um, family activity. I uh, have the one in English, but then the one that's more beautiful is that second one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna give this a shot. I didn't sure. want. Oh, okay. I want to make sure that we have the right thing. Here we go. Yep. That's it. Shoot 
I mean, I didn't know what they're singing except Noel and, and the chorus, yeah. but but pretty, how beautiful soon. was that? Yep. I mean, and you saw the joy on their faces. You saw sure. it wasn't a, a a posh church at all, but here they are gathered and they're singing that beautiful song. So I just thought that was really something. Okay, the next one we have is Angels We Have Heard on High. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one is based out of Luke 2, 6 through 20. So that's one of the suggested family activities I have for everyone to see why this carol was inspired by that particular passage. The next one after that is it came upon a midnight clear. Now, this particular carol has quite a history. And the author was a firm believer. Oh, get this, Tim, that human law and God's law are not the same. That's right. Yep, that's, that's right. right. And as such, God's law is supreme. This is especially noteworthy because at the time that this particular hymn was written, there was a lot of turmoil going on in America. And that would be why you would especially want to look at the third verse. Now, this was. Well, all let's already. let's make mention, too, yeah. that this guy was a Unitarian guy. Yeah. He was. He Edmund was a, Hamilton Sears yeah, was his name. He was a Unitarian guy. So his theology had some problems being Unitarian. There's no question. Right. Absolutely. But he wrote this song while recovering from a devastating illness and from the depths of profound despair. In 1849, when he wrote this, the United States was still reeling from the aftermath of the United States-Mexico War and the burning issue of slavery that um, would also go on to supposedly ignite the war between the states. Europe was also having revolutions. People all over the world were warring with themselves and each other, and no one wanted to talk about peace. So it's like this is when he got the idea, okay, I'm going to write this song to get everybody refocused. So just because it came from Unitarian, though, we still can look at God's message of the basis of where he's coming from. And he was spot on that, you know, God's law is supreme. And That's this true. is one of the yep. things that we see Congress pee on every single day yep. when they put man's law above. So, all right, next we have the first Noel. Now this one has English roots, which appear to go all the way back to the 13th century. Now, what is so neat about this particular one is that as a result of the people 
in society who could not get to the word of God, because if you'll remember back in the 13th century in England, only the priest could give you the word. Remember, they even would chain the Bible to the pulpit because common man could not read the Bible. That's why we didn't have reading back then. So, um, so people trying to pass on God's word would come up with what were known as miracle plays. And they would take different Bible stories from the Old Testament, from the New Testament, and they would put them into theatrical productions called miracle plays. And that's how this particular song came about as a way for the people, the common people to worship. Interesting. So, and know, that, the, that doesn't surprise me because you and I are homeschool parents. And right. one of the interesting things, I mean, I think most of us get it is mm -hmm. songs is, are a good way to learn something. Now, you can yeah. either do like I did and input a lot of 80s hard rock heavy metal. That <laughs> I love the music part, the instrumental part, but a lot of the stuff they sing was just like, yeah. oh, it just creeps me out I, that I, I would listen to it and I would actually belt that out. Uh, but but it's a it's a way we do learn. And yeah. uh, my kids, they would they would often uh, kind of chuckle when I would hear just the first little notes of a song come on if we happen to be out and something played somewhere. Uh, oh, I know that right there. And, and they would just kind of giggle at that. But now they do the same thing. I guess they hear their their songs and they know what it is, uh, even as playing. But then you learn yeah. the words, too. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I think it, it, there do. is a teaching yeah. there, even sort of sort of catechism style, if you will. Right. Absolutely. Well, next we have a little town of Bethlehem. Now, this one is that uh, what's so interesting about this is you had a pastor who in 1865, for whatever reason, went to Israel, wanted to take that pilgrimage to go see where Jesus walked and where he did his ministry and all that kind of stuff. And he came back to America and he wrote this after having experienced a church service that was in the Holy Land region. And that was, you know, his gift to the world was writing this song because he was so inspired by the simplicity, the richness, and how much more it meant to worship God where, or excuse me, to worship the Lord where Christ did his ministry, was put to death and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting as well. So, you know, what family trips have you taken that have inspired you? That would be a family activity, a suggested family activity there as well. All right. Our eighth hymn is Hark the Herald Angels Sings. Excuse me. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. This one is one of the only carols which not only sings about Jesus's birth, but about the second coming as well, because it will clearly focus on the New Testament message that Jesus came to be our our savior and so a lot of church hymnals for some reason or another have decided that the fourth stanza to this particular hymn doesn't need to be in the hymnal why i really really don't know but there are two christmas favorite movies that this particular song is featured in one is it's a wonderful life and if you don't like jimmy stewart or that's not your thing then go watch charlie brown's christmas special because the kids sing heart the herald angels sings and if you'll remember linus also reads uh, luke chapter two so 
Then we have, uh, after that, what child is this? This is sort of a hybrid carol. A lot of people may not know this, but some people will, if you studied music history, that it took a very secular tune called Green Sleeves. And because the words were usually used in body context, the dude who wrote the words in a godly context said, well, everybody knows the song so well, I'm going to put a Christ spin on it. And that's why we have, uh, what child is this? So yeah, no, can to... I, can I interject something? Absolutely. I, <clears throat> I think that despite what, how Christmas is and, and the ties with Rome and all that, Despite yeah. what it is, I think there's some wisdom in doing that. If people are going to be listening to that music, somebody jumps in there with something that drives them to the Christ and drives them to the right. scriptures. To me, that's being wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And you're teaching people that is putting it into their minds because people love to listen to music. And yeah. if you can come up with lyrics that will honor God and you can at least make that outreach in there. Maybe somebody's got an argument against that. I don't know. But if you can take right. the truth, if you can take the truth and get it out to people, I think that's laudable. Well, absolutely. And that was um, from what I was uh, taught. That was why we have Christian versions of Easter and Christmas was because even though the pagans had similar celebrations this was a way to get people to okay we're already partying but let's party for the right reasons uh is a very loose interpretation of that but anyway so yeah any way you can get the message to people uh about christ i think is worth it especially if you take something that is so well known and repurpose it i really absolutely do okay um number 10 while shepherds watch their flocks this is one of the first official uh, Christmas carols that's considered English literature. And the reason why is because the 1692 United Kingdom poet laureate, Natum Tate, was the one who wrote this. Now, interestingly enough, he's the one who supposedly rewrote the ending of Shakespeare's King Lear to give it a more happy ending. And if you know anything about King Lear, it is anything but a happy tale. So I thought that was interesting. But he went on to uh, give us this particular Christmas carol. Be again, because he wanted someone to have something that was more praiseworthy. So I thought that was really interesting as well. Okay, as with gladness, men of old. Now, this one is kind of like in a cave, Tim. Some people may know this one. Some people may not. I give you a YouTube link to that one so you can hear the words. It's a quite moving song. This one is usually used in Epiphany. Remember, that's the bridge between Christmas and Easter to let us know that Christ is our bridge between our birth and our joining him in heaven. He is that savior. He is that bridge. So this one would be tied more so to the uh, 12 days of Christmas. Um, and again, we need to point out the wise men didn't show up right as Jesus was born. It took them a couple of years or so to get there. Okay. Number 12, there's a song in the air. Now this one can be also called the grandma carol because so many older women like this. Uh, now, I can tell you my mother's mom 
love this song. So I can attest to the grandma part. But anyway, this is supposed to be a lot of pe older people's favorite carol. Um, let me see here. Let's see here. I share with you a personal moment that this was not only my grandma's favorite song, but one of my cousins. And they're both passed on. And, uh, you know, she was a singer in church. And so I'm sure they're singing this song as well as others up in heaven. So number 13, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And again, we'll have links to every one of the bits of history of this. So if you really enjoy uh, musical history, this will be right up your alley. Now, this one can be tied to Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. We know he wrote a lot of uh, literature, poetry, things like that. But this was tied more so to his son. This goes back to the war between the states. Now, consider that this was another song that was born out of heartache and hardship. And what happens when you take that and you share it with others? And the reason why Henry Wadsworth Longfellow was so beside himself, Tim, was because his wife had died when his son was little. So he was mourning his wife still. His son gets shipped off to war. Uh, he gets the uh, incorrect news that his son has passed away when, no, in fact, his son was injured. And so when that gets uh, ironed out, he drops everything, leaves his home, goes to the uh, field hospital where his son is to make sure that, first of all, the news is correct. And second of all, to take his son home so he could recoup. And this is why we have God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Uh, excuse me. I heard it on the back. Ah, sorry. Wrong song. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> So he was praising God the whole way there and the whole way back. And I don't know that a lot of people know that about Longfellow, but how cool is that? So I, do I use Longfellow in my dad jokes all the time. I'm oh, a, uh -huh. Yeah, I'm a poet and don't know it, but my feet show it because they Longfellows. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but all these songs, I, I tell you, have their own unique history. And I didn't mean to get those two screwed up. But anyway, that's okay. Angels from the Realms of Glory. This is a lot of fun as well. Now, this one, again, born out of someone's dire circumstances. This carol will focus on Luke 2, 13 and 14. And why uh, or what were the uh, dire circumstances? In 1778, there lived in Scotland a small lad, James Montgomery, whose father and mother were called to be missionaries to the West Indies. They deemed it best to leave him behind in a Moravian community in Ireland. He later was sent to school, but didn't have a good time at school. To add to his dejection, his parents died when he was only 12. So he was left penniless, homeless, and without parents. So a short time later, he, you know, finds out school's not for him. He ends up and goes on to become the editor of a newspaper that did quite well. And it was there that he would share his writings. And this was one of the songs that he shared with that community. I thought that was pretty cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So next we have, Oh, come all ye faithful. Now this one has been translated into many languages. However, it is noteworthy that because it is in many different languages that English does not always translate well. For example, we have one in Nigerian. And so uh, 
some of the words that we have in English were not in Nigerian. And so I'm not going to tell you what the song translates into. It's not anything bad. It's just, it's funny. And it's words you wouldn't really put together, especially at Christmas time. So this draws heavily on the Nicene Creed as well, especially the second stanza. So if you want to interject anything on that one, Tim, please do. Uh, well, Oh Come All You Faithful is one of my favorite songs. It really yes. is. Oh, cool. Very good. Yep. Well, I'm glad I have that in there for you. Okay. Now, Love Came Down at Christmas is our 16th carol that we're looking at. This is one of the only Christmas carols written by a woman. Her name was Christiana, and I left the A off her name. Sorry, Rosetta. She was facing strife in life. She wrote the poem, Love Came Down at Christmas, and then it was set to music. And it does give credit to the incarnate Christ. So it's one of the few that actually focuses on the incarnation of Christ. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. The basis for this carol comes from 1 John 4, 7 through 11. So if you are not familiar with that particular passage, I would urge your family to read that together. Okay. Our last carol, this one is called Thou Didst Leave Thy Throne. This is also written by a lady. Her name was Emily Elizabeth Elliot. I know her... that lady. Oh, you oh you do? No, okay. wait a minute. This is a different Elizabeth <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> okay. Now, what is so noteworthy is that because her dad was uh, a rector or a pastor, she had an open avenue to getting her songs in a church as well as published, which was almost unheard of at the time that she was alive, because again, women just weren't supposed to do that thing. And the only other interesting thing that I could find out was that her aunt also wrote songs. In fact, we know one and we sing it a lot. It's called Just As I Am. And if you know the rest of the, the song, it goes without one plea just as I am without one plea, and then you can take it from there. So I wanted to end with that one because it stresses a need for Christ in our lives. And if ever there's a time to bring that to uh, light, it would be during this season when you have so many people who are looking at the wrong light or looking at the light in an incorrect way and you know far be it from me or or anyone else to say we have a corner on the market when it comes to what's right because no we don't we are sinners as well as, well as we women. have a corner on the truth and that determines right. what is right and wrong and i i lynn right. i want to play this song if that's okay the sure. words are really absolutely. good uh yes. and I, I want people to hear hear what's going on here so i'm going to play this sure absolutely this song here
Beautiful song there, Lynn. Uh, you it know, one, the only the only thing I would change in that is yeah. not there's room in my heart for Lord Jesus. It's you've given me a new heart and you fill it up. At least that's the way we're supposed to be looking at it. And right. uh, but what beautiful words to to contemplate that mm -hmm. the King of Glory. Yep. That he would love sinners enough to leave what he rightfully is and does, and it receives worship and perfection there, yeah. and to abandon that and to come and put on flesh like we have. Right. To endure and live under the law, to face all the things that we do, yet even though he was tempted, he was without sin. And yeah. then to knowingly go and give his life on behalf of sinners, those who hated him, those who hated his father. Yeah, I know. I know. If that doesn't give you some gratitude, I don't know what does. Yeah, and I think one of the things that would be so powerful is, you know, even we, we both know that every family has 
issues and every family has, uh, especially in the, the world we live in, you know, some have stayed on the straight and narrow, some have veered far off that path. And it is through songs like this, where it could be something that would help draw them back in so that they remember he is our salvation. He is our wisdom. He is our enlightenment. He is everything that we could possibly need in our lives. And so I think that is what is so crucial about sharing some of the stories behind these songs, um, because, you know, you find out they were people just like you and I, and some pretty bad stuff brought some of these wonderful songs to us. And I think, you know, that is such a testimony to those people's uh, faith walk and how it can inspire our faith walk, especially knowing what our schools are teaching, what our communities are latching on to uh, that is not just in the schoolhouse. And so that's why it's important for us to pause from all that and then look at all this. And I'm going to close with this message that... Um, you got 50 seconds. I do. I have 50 <laughs> seconds. Okay. I wish everyone a happy time together. However you celebrate, celebrate well. If you wish to financially bless any of the work that I've done for you through the years, through this, whatever, commoncordiva.com, there's a donate page. Uh, thank you for that. It's what helps keep me going. I wanted to say thank you for helping me, especially this year with my health. I'm not um, through the woods yet, but I'm so much better than I was. And it's because of you and your generosity. And it's because you've answered the Lord's call. So thank you so much. I wish everyone well. We will be back after Christmas, looking ahead to 2023. Amen. Amen. And we appreciate you very much, Lynn. You come in here, you give us your time and uh, you inform people and they're able to, be, they're better equipped to be able to deal with the kind of things that we talk about. Hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, Bradley, be with you at 3 Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, SonsLibertyMedia.com. We'll be back in the morning. Lord willing, Dr. Lee Merritt's going to be with us. Oh, this one's going to be a good one too, as always. Talk to you then. See you.